Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Monday morning, 10-10, October 10th, 2022. It is 6.09, and uh, we've got a uh, kind of a chilly 43 degrees to uh, start out your morning. 38 out at the airport. Whew. I do see 80s for the next two days. We keep pushing out this final 80-plus uh, degree day of the year, Mark. It is. It's now, amazing. Now I think I think I think it is now probably Tuesday. I think that's probably that's probably it because after that we're going 74, 64, 73, 74 and then then Sunday, a week from yesterday things change a little bit. 59, 53 and then into kind of the 60s. So probably maybe time to uh put those cargo shorts out of regular rotation for after two more days. Probably. We'll hush. Just say I'm just saying if eighty is your line, that's probably about where uh, we're no uh sixty with a sweatshirt. That's true. I I mean I'm not saying I'm gonna get rid of it, but that is a bit of a uh, it is a bit of a, a change. Glad to have you with us today. It's a Monday morning, ready to get you going for a new week. And uh we're busy today. Got a new fantasy huskers contest coming up at six thirty five and eight ten. Listen for keywords. We'll tell you at six thirty five what our new category is and let you know who won last week's. Uh, we'll have our uh, our sound off as per usual, 7 o'clock hour. Caleb and I will delve a bit into Nebraska getting another win somehow on Friday night in a game that looked like every game Nebraska has ever uh, ever lost in close games over the last several years, although Rutgers did all the things Nebraska always does when they lost those close games. So it was a little role reversal out in Piscataway on Friday night. We'll delve into that, count down the five things people are talking about today. Uh, Tim Hrues is going to join us. Plenty to talk to uh, him about Nebraska news and politics. I want to get into some of that here in just a bit. And then at 8.35 today, Dirk Chatlin is going to join us, uh, the Omaha World-Herald columnist, to talk Huskers. And so we got a busy Monday morning. But I've still yet, this is the first time now, I know it's almost old news at this point, but... This is what happens when big local news drops Thursday night before the Friday Husker tailgate, yeah, and then now, a week comes. Now we have to watch out for the Thursday news dump. Now we've got the Thursday news dump. Uh, the University of Florida obviously trying to stay away from LNK today with Jack and friends having an immediate comment on their presidential search. But by now, you almost assuredly know that uh, Ben Sass is the lone finalist uh, well, by the way, what's that say about the other finalists that they only picked the oh, the other semifinalists that they only picked one finalist? But he is the uh, lone finalist for the University of Florida president's job. He is uh, there today in Gainesville, probably already having uh, some kind of a nice little Florida breakfast right at the moment that we speak with the uh, university administration. Going to meet students today. And all signs look like he will be taking that job um, probably weeks from now. Probably weeks from now, maybe as much to a month and a half, almost two months maybe from right now that that becomes official. And so, of course, much of the discussion right away on Thursday was, well, what happens next with that Senate seat? And I will be honest, guys, 
Now it's all pretty much known, but I had to do a little furious reading of the, uh, not furious and mad, but furiously quick reading of the... 45 days, right? Yeah, of the U.S., or excuse me, of the Nebraska Constitution, of some of the statutes, some of the history uh, in the nation of governors becoming senators and all those sorts of things, because my immediate reaction was... Well, it's 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 pretty clear that the next senator, one way or the other, is going to be Pete Ricketts, who is the governor right now. Since that time happened, you've had a couple of things. First of all, you had uh, Ben Jacobs, who's a national political correspondent, drop some names that he was hearing from a Nebraska insider. Almost none of them that I think are going to actually happen. So I question who Jacobs' um, insiders are that he's talking to. But he uh, mentioned Tom Brewer. Uh, he mentioned Brett Lindstrom. Uh, he mentioned Don Bacon. He mentioned Mike Hilgers uh, in terms of people who might get that. Now, the governor did put out a statement saying that he is not going to appoint himself. Okay. So what does that mean? So what does that mean? Uh, uh, that that means that if he does appoint someone, it will be someone other than himself. But as you mentioned, Mark, He's got 45 days after the resignation to make the appointment. Now, it is looking more and more likely, if you do the math, that a 45-day period would probably encompass both his time as governor and the next governor's time as governor, as the next governor will go into the first week of January 2023, be installed. I believe it's January 3rd is the date that that will happen. So 45 days, count backwards, 45 days, you got the three days in January, you got the 31 days in December, 34 that is, and then you got, uh, you'll need 11 days in November, so what, so you got the 19th, 19th, right, 19th would be the day, it would have to happen prior to the 19th, uh, give or take a day, for Governor Ricketts to have to make that appointment. So if it happens after the 19th, then Ricketts would have the option to leave this for the next governor. Which by that time, he will know who the next governor is going to be. He would know who the next governor would be, which would I think would be obviously probably impact his decision yeah. on that. So if you're so if you're on and so here, here are the scenarios there that play out like I still I still would be very surprised if this senator isn't Pete Ricketts. Is that is that the sense that you guys get or not? Even after that statement came out, yeah, I would still be very surprised if it wasn't Pete Ricketts. Mark, um, I'm not ready to say that. Really? Okay, I, that's. I, I think there's a two year. Uh, two, there's would be the appointed to the two year final, the final two years of the term. Yes. And, yeah. That and, that's the appointment. Yes. Right. I, so, I, I believe that will be. I, 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 I just, would still be very surprised if that was not Pete Ricketts. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, but it wouldn't surprise me if it isn't either. I, I could see an interim person in there so that, uh, you know, because I still think uh, Governor Ricketts would like a shot at a national position, maybe in the cabinet, maybe as a VP. Uh, I could see him in a couple of different cabinet positions should the Republicans well, move forward. I mean, it 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 still works out. I mean, it still works out even if that becomes an option. You 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 pursue that then in 2024, right? right when the then, next election would be. But you would also be running for re-election, right? In the Senate, 
right? Which could be a different sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. I I, I suppose calendars are not coming together on this for now. I think that. By the way, I think you know who I think that happens. That happens with Ron DeSantis, right? Yes, that's a that's not a Trump thing, right? Uh, no, I agree with you. On that's that. probably a DeSantis thing. Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it. You you go back to the Trump herbster. Uh, and, yeah, and I don't. Th- I, I think which, that, by the way, I saw the first Jim Pillen TV commercial for. Governor. I did too last night. Yes. I was watching Sunday Night Football, so, and it was about and and it was all it was all about funding for schools. Yes. Is the one that I saw? Is that yeah, the one that you that's saw? The one I saw. Yeah, it was during uh, sixty minutes. Okay, that's the one I saw during during Sunday Night Football last night. So I, I, I would be. It sounds like the SAS thing. What I read a couple of different things that if he if he gets named in mid November, that he wouldn't resign until thirty days after that. So that would put it in December. So my guess is he'll take the position beginning January first. I mean, it would be logical. So he put, so there. It's there's definitely a a very possible scenario where. That that resignation from the Senate happens at a time after November 19th, which would allow Ricketts to wait for the next governor to make that decision. Um, yeah. Now, it, now, if you're a uh, uh, a Hilgers or a Brewer or a, or a Lindstrom or a Bacon wanting to be nominated to the Senate, you know what you need to do? Start campaigning for Carol Blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, I mean that's that's your that's your ticket to it because in that scenario the go, uh, governor Pete Ricketts then says, "Well, I'm not going to let Carol Blood make the appointment at this point, so I'm going to get it done." So it's going to be one of those folks. I also, wasn't Blood asking for a pledge from Pillen to nominate someone to the position who's not going to run in 2024? Was that right? Yeah, was she, yeah, I believe, that? I believe that's right. And, and I actually well, heard a couple of names that would be a, if you will, a uh, care. Uh, a placeholder, including uh, Dave Heineman, former Governor K. Orr, could be in in oh. uh, for, in there for the you know. Uh, Pillen's not going to agree to that. Pillen hasn't agreed to that though. Pillen doesn't need to do that. No, make that agreement. I mean, Why would he limit it's himself? Just some of the things that you know, people are throwing out. Blood has zero leverage in 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 getting Pillen to make something some kind of a commitment like that. Guys, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Caleb. Fine. Twist, yeah. twist my arm. I'll do it. I won't run in twenty twenty four. All right. Yeah. If I were if if I were ever gonna do, I'm not. But <laughs> if I was ever gonna do it, trying to get getting into office, but not actually being elected, you're telling me zero campaigning, and I can not, just ride this yeah, thing out. Right. Just just enjoy two years. Sign me. That's up. it. And then let everybody fight over it. So I don't know. I would be. Well, I I like the the name Don Bacon uh, as a possible uh, one in there because. He's in a very tight race with uh, Senator Vargas. Well, that's and, the and, thing is, if he, yeah, if you, I mean, I, I guess that, so that scenario would be, because you, again, you probably know what happens with his race yes. by the time you make that appointment. So either has the House seat or he doesn't. Um, it, I mean, that would be, do, would you take him out of the House seat and then go through this process with the House seat? Which you would well if you would be doing then or or not, but well, the house seat would be a very very short lived one, yeah, right? Right. Or or if he would lose to Vargas, then he would just he's like, hey, maybe don't pack your stuff from Washington D.C. Right. yet. Maybe don't get just the moving vans going. Go to the other side of the Capitol. Twenty twenty four will be really interesting now because you will have two Senate races in Nebraska during the same election. You thought 
I mean, boy, 2024, fall 2024's ballot now, presidential race, all of the House seats in the state, both Senate seats in the state, the entire federal legislative delegation will be up for election in one single year in 2024. Here's an interesting thing, too. If you're a, uh, let's say you're a Democrat and you're thinking about running for Senate in 2024, which seat do you pick to run for? Do you go for the do you go for the six year seat or do you go for the two year seat? Because that's a say that's kind of a weird calculus that you have to do too. Because one of those is just a two year seat, and then twenty twenty six there'll be yet another Senate election. We're going to be voting for Senate over and over again here <laughs> yeah. in the state of Nebraska. I mean, get re- I mean, this is your last non Senate election for a while here <laughs> in an even year. So that's been uh, that's been fascinating, I, and then there's just the, the the side of it. Like, are we surprised that it was it was interesting? Now, nothing against the University of Florida, and real condolences to them again on that Fiesta Bowl game. Oh, I know okay. uh, sixty two points. It's embarrassing. I mean, let's admit it. They they'd given up in that game. So condolences there. But it was like if. <laughs> It was interesting to hear Sass talk about in his statement right away on Thursday about going to Florida. He's like, it's, I, w- I wasn't going to do this. I had a lot of offers. But when the University of Florida came calling, like, that was the that was the one that I'm, yes, when I, and I'm reading that. And I'm thinking, really? University of Florida? I mean, again, again, I'm sure it's a very, I'm sure it's a very nice institution. It doesn't seem like a destination, like a, this was the one. It's the Princeton of the <laughs> Peninsula, many people this are saying. This is the one that was going to put me over the edge to saying yes. Did anybody else find that a bit weird? Again, I'm sure they're doing great things. I'm sure there are a lot of big public universities doing really good things. But when I, when I'm, you know, when I'm, Considering my jobs for University of Presidency, I don't know that I would necessarily just have Florida in the top tier for uh, over over everything else. I don't know. So it's, I uh, so I so there's a part of me that wonders if is that I mean is is there not more at play there? Is it about? I mean, listen, you can get your you get your. I don't know if conspiracy theory isn't the right word, but just like start thinking about why that might be something that would be. Is there some? Is there any connection? Would it be easier to run for a president in twenty twenty eight coming out of the uh, coming out of Florida, being the president oh, absolutely, there? Absolutely. Maybe is that does that factor in? Is there some relationship? Is there some relationship that's out there with the current governor of Florida and that position? Does that have anything to do with it? Again, again. I think it's all of the above. Man, how's Matt Innes got to feel about all this? Oh, my gosh. I wonder if he's throwing his name in. Well, think, think about that in his... 2020. Ben Sass gets the uh, gets the nod for the primary. Then he goes on to win the general. And now this is that term. No, no, okay. Now, here's the craziest scenario that I came up with on Thursday. Okay. Now, Rick has now since said he isn't going to appoint himself. Uh, but but what if he... What if it can't, he had to get the the appointment had to be made for whatever reason prior to the new governor taking office and Ricketts wants to have that job. So what is Rick Ricketts isn't going to appoint himself. So what's he going to do? He's going to resign. And then Mike, and then Foley. Mike Foley and, and they, they've got a handshake deal. <laughs> hey, you're going to appoint me, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to appoint you. Mike Foley and Ricketts who famously disagreed pretty strongly on the last gubernatorial race and then all of a sudden 
You wake up the next morning, pull out your, uh, turn on your radio, and you're in reports that Charles Herbster is the new senator from Nebraska. I thought about that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) We got craziness. Can you believe it? They kept Nebraska beating Rutgers out of the first segment with this insanity. Yes. Oh, well, what was the coaching change in Rutgers, by the way? What what coaching change? Didn't they uh, have a... uh, one of their coaches fired over the weekend. Rutgers? Oh, yeah. Rutgers and Indiana have both let a couple of coaches. Oh, have they? Since, yeah. Offensive coaches. Bill Bush with no chill I, for two I would games. fire whoever called three timeouts within two plays of four minutes with four minutes of the game left, but that's just me. That's probably the head coach. Offensive coordinator for Rutgers. I thought he did a good job on the first drive. Uh, all right, six twenty. Everybody gets one. Everybody, everybody seems to do good on the first drive. One firing. <laughs> six twenty-five. It's Alan K today with Jack and friends. Welcome to your Monday. You're listening to Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Um. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, so fantasy Huskers again this week for Nebraska and Purdue. But first, let's take a look back last week. If you missed it last week during the Friday Husker tailgate, I casually suggested to our Kenny Larrabee, our video producer for Fantasy Huskers, and our IT, uh, hold on, I'm going to sneeze. You okay? Bless you? No, I'm fine. It was just a garden variety sneeze. I'm yeah, completely fine, but I didn't want to do it over the mic. That's, oh, that's fine. That's a very unprofessional move, but it came on very came on very quickly, and everyone was going <laughs> to wonder if I was okay. So anyway, I'm fine. I was just I a single. Good. Just yeah. a single. Okay, um, uh, anyway, I had, I had suggested to uh, video producer, uh, IT guy extraordinary. I don't know if that's the word. Graphic design, everything. That I, Kenny don't does. He, I don't know title. his actual title. Director of electronics, or I'm not sure. Anyway, Kenny <laughs> does it all for us. Electronics, like he works at EA. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more like he works at Radio Shack. Um, I suggested he make a, a graphic when we did the how long is the longest touchdown thing that shows the whole field and like the different sections. And he did it. it so I hope sweet. you guys all liked that on social media this week because uh, Kenny made it really. But, uh, you know, Kenny had a good weekend uh, because the uh, New York Giants won on Sunday morning in London. So and he spent a lot of time out there at October. 5th. But uh, I'm getting into way too many things. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, it, we had uh, our winner this uh, this last week was, remind me. So everyone was talking about how long, like, obviously the question was how long was the longest field yeah. goal. But we longest t- touchdown. Longest touchdown. And we were starting to take the longer side of that. And yeah, Nant, we, I was with, telling you 50-something. With the very last pick, and very unenthused about it, but just said, okay, well, this is the strategic pick to just take the shortest now, yep. and you get a lot of field. Yep. She took 31. And Nancy's our winner because Nancy of that twenty-seven yard touchdown was the longest. That's the uh, second week in a row that somebody playing the short side, the very short side of the options that mm-hmm. you've got, won it for someone with the last pick, right? Yes, it was the tenth pick most week with both the last weeks in pick. a row. But that tells you if you're one of the earlier picks, take a little bit of the fringe. Maybe, maybe it's hard. It's hard, and and this one is going to be especially hard this week because we are going to do. A uh, pretty simple one this week. We're just going to do total points scored between both teams. 
So basically, the you know, the, like the over under number, which by the way, Vegas is going to give you and has already and already has, I assume, given you a guide on what they think that number is going to be, and so you have kind of a baseline with this one. So it is going to be total points scored. Add their scores together. So, for instance, if the score is twenty eight to twenty one. Right, that's forty-nine total points. So you guess forty-nine if you think that's what the score is going to be. So it doesn't matter who scores them; it's just total points scored. That is going to be the guess this week. Do we have an over/under set yet by Vegas? Uh, no, we just have a point spread. Okay. Um, so just off the top of your head, then, well, let's do. Let, I don't. Vegas will probably. I know they've got Purdue as a double-digit favorite. Is that still true? Seven and a half. Oh wow! That it opened at like thirteen. I think it opened yeah. high. Yeah, it's it opened down to high. Seven and a half. Oh yeah. boy, betters like Nebraska. Uh, I want to say, man, Caleb. I would go in the in the fifties. I think I would too. I'd go fifties or sixties here. G- give me like uh, thirty-eight. 24 maybe 38 that would be that would actually be in the in the 60s all right g- g- give me 60 give me 62 for my total 62 okay. i think i think it'll be high scoring i'll go 67 okay Ooh. wow all right all right don't hold me to that so those are our those are our picks those are for entertainment purposes only those do not get us prizes we can't win prizes with this um <laughs> chicken rich so. said take the fringe 120 <laughs> Hey, you get a few overtime. Well, now with the the new overtime rules, you can't get as many crazy super high scores because they go to two point conversions. Okay, we got we got to get to the the word. Oh, right? sorry, the, the well, keyword. Sorry. Keyword keyword is text the keyword into uh, Rich Time Recognition text line four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. Text it in. What is it? First, first F I R S T. Don't do the number one S T. Type it in. Right. F I R. Type it out. Yes. Otherwise, it won't be recognized Correct. by our extremely advanced AI software that will track the ones that thanks for sitting through our musings to get to that keyword (laughs) people want analysis that's what they're listening for is analysis of fantasy huskers all right there you go Uh, another another keyword coming up at 810 this morning 635 and 810 throughout the entire week thanks to vals and alumni hall for being our partners with this and giving us some stuff to give away for it all right sound off what are we going to jump into today to start off the sound off? Get get rid of the stuff first at the beginning. Oh, we definitely got to start with gas prices, right? This is what we do on the sound off. Get through the tough stuff first. Get to the fun stuff last. Okay. Business before pleasure. Uh, <laughs> gas prices are going up, guys. FYI. Oil industry analyst Trilby Lumberg says the recent price rise reversed a pattern of 17 weeks of drops. We have a jump of 21 cents per gallon in the past two weeks to 399. However, while the Biden administration is blaming OPEC's announcement that it is cutting oil production for the rise in prices, Lumberg says the OPEC move is not what it seems because it's a reduction in the target quota and not in actual production, and according to her, should not have a large impact on price. Lumberg says there are other significant changes which are taking place soon that should have a greater impact. December brings two other more important oil price factors, and that is the ban on importing Russian oil and products and the price caps on Russian oil. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Interesting perspective there. Hmm. Okay, so she said, which, which I think I might have not. I, I, I think I might have said some similar things when the OPEC Plus announcement came, but 
they were already below their, you know, they weren't necessarily hitting that goal in the past. And so that's what it is. So that may, may not have quite the impact that people uh, are saying that it will. And maybe some other things. In, in a, and, then, and then you've got things that mitigate it, too. Like, you know, you go away, the, the summer winter blend thing, all of those things as well that impact it as well. So uh, anyway, that is the latest there. It is Columbus slash Indigenous Peoples Day mm, today, depending right. on where you're at officially, but um, the, the president last year recognized it for the first time federally as Indigenous Peoples Day. Last year, President Biden became the first U.S. president to acknowledge the day as Indigenous Peoples Day, after several cities and counties and states had already done so. This year, he signed a proclamation noting the day, saying Indigenous people serve in the armed forces at a higher rate than any other group, and that their challenges force us to confront our past and do better. He said his administration has made the biggest investment in Indian country in history. While historically the day is Columbus Day, in the past several years, more states have opted to recognize Indigenous Peoples Day or both. Many schools and banks are closed, and the day is a holiday for federal offices as well as the Postal Service. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. All right, so you may you may want to uh, you may want to pay attention there to that. If some of the uh, their LPS does have school today still though. So, and by the way, ten ten states still do uh, celebrate Columbus Day, and uh, Nebraska is one of them. That still has it. There's still 10 mm-hmm. of them that are still have it listed as Columbus Day. Those states are Alabama, Alaska, Hawaii, Maine, Nebraska, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Oregon, South Dakota. Um, and then my then the thing I was reading it from went away. So you'll have to figure out the other ones on your own. <laughs> okay. Um, that's your homework. Figure out the final two. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> uh so remember when NASA shot up that uh, that thing to uh, hit knock that asteroid out of the sky? Yeah. So they're still kind of figuring out exactly whether or not it worked like they wanted it to, but they may have also done something. I don't know that this is negative, but they may have also created something they didn't necessarily intend to. One of those unintended consequence type things when they shot the they call it the dart up there mm-hmm. and it knocked out the asteroid. We got to see all the the, the craters on the asteroid and those sorts yeah. of things. Take a listen. NASA celebrated last month its spacecraft called DART or Double Asteroid Redirection Test as it slammed into the asteroid called Dimorphos. NASA is hoping to see if it changed the rock's orbit around a larger asteroid. The goal is to see if similar technology could redirect an asteroid with Earth in its path should one ever be. But now it's learned that DART's impact is leaving a dusty cloud trail, which so far is 6,000 miles long. DART essentially created a comet. Eben Brown, Fox News. <laughs> okay. All right. There was, uh, that, that, so, yes, when, when they did it, the satellite slowed down a little bit. That, in turn, caused its displacement to a lower orbit slightly um, and a reduction in its orbital timeline of, of just over a minute. They're still trying to figure out what the trajectory around the binary. At- oh, I'm just reading some NASA stuff here, but they're going to have a press conference uh, tomorrow where more data is actually provided on if they actually knocked it off track Okay, like they, they wanted it to I'm be. I'm still but- concerned that they, they hit it and now it's going to be on crash course with Earth. Yeah, we knocked it into to to test on whether or not. So we, now they thought so much about whether we could do it, we didn't think about whether we should do it. They're gonna have to use this technology to hit it again. 
It's something resembling a comet, but it's a it's a uh, ten thousand kilometer, six thousand mile tail, basically wagging in the solar wind. Uh, it's like a a man man made comet, essentially, uh-huh. is what they're saying that this is. Interesting, because this is just this was just rock, whereas comets typically have a lot more ice. And but they, it's got like a dust trail, yeah. which so it's. I mean, I think it's to some degree how they're they're formed, but there usually isn't a man made process. They're all heavenly bodies, Jack. It's true. Uh Kanye West had an interesting last few days. I, I don't know if you've been following That's that. He went on he went on Tucker Carlson's show at the end of last week, um, and had some thoughts there, and then. He decided to open his Twitter account back up last night. Do you think, yeah. how do you think that went? Uh, I've got some ideas. Gay's Twitter account was blocked after he posted the following comment on Twitter last night. He said, quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. He also wrote on Twitter, who you think created cancel culture. Now, these are some of Ye's first posts on Twitter in nearly two years. He returned to Twitter on Friday after he was restricted from Instagram for posting a comment that the American Jewish Committee, a historic advocacy group, deemed anti-Semitic. All right. All right. So uh, Kanye's having a uh, having a normal one yeah. here. Yeah, just a moment. House in Illinois decided to make a really cool Halloween display related to the movie Stranger Things. Okay. We're I don't out know. in Illinois. Uh, I don't know, but the clip will tell you. Okay. Uh, but first of all, I've I've seen pictures of it, and they've got the scene. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the show Stranger Things, one of the happens is that sometimes the characters sort of levitate off the ground. Okay, and especially I don't in think, this last season, I don't yeah. think this is a big spoiler alert, no. but that that happens, and so they've actually got a pretty incredibly realistic look of uh, uh, of Max, who's one of the characters, levitating off the ground. And sort of looks like she's just—I mean, she's just floating there. As not a, not unexpectedly, Caleb, everybody wants to see it, <laughs> and the neighbors, well, they don't like that too much. It's a Stranger Things Halloween display in Plainfield in suburban Chicago, including a floating Max Mayfield that pays homage to the popular Netflix series that was temporarily shut down over neighbor complaints about too much traffic. Homeowner Dave Appel took the issue to Juliet City Hall, which provides services to Plainfield. The conversation looked like... I had fans in City Hall. Including the city's mayor, Bob Odekirk. I'm going to take my kids out there this weekend. Though promising police patrols to limit traffic and to keep people safe. The homeowners saying that the only thing stopping him at his spooky display now. November 1st. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. So so he went to City Hall to see if anyone could help him to get people to stop showing up. And everyone at City Hall is like, yeah, no, we're, no, we're coming out sweet. there, too. Hey, thank you for advertising and but letting like, us know this is the mayor's thing. name is Bob Odenkirk? Oden- I think he said Odenkirk. He sounded like he said Bob Odenkirk, which is the Better Call Saul <laughs> actor, Breaking Bad Better Call Saul guy, uh, that who I know is from the Chicago area, which is bizarre, but that, I'm pretty sure that isn't him. Um no, uh, you know, it's interesting because it doesn't happen Thanksgiving or uh, it doesn't happen Halloween as much. But in Lincoln, there are a few 
there are a few of those displays where it generates so much traffic on Christmas that you always yeah, wonder. Yeah, Christmas displays. Like, you wonder what the neighbors think of those situations, some of them. Now, some of the best ones are um, a little bit more where it's not, like, in a in a tightly, a real dense neighborhood, necessarily. Like, I'm thinking that one, uh, thinking that one um, that's out on out east of town on the way to to uh to hillcrest Mm -hmm. uh there's the one last year that was uh south of town southeast of town that paid tribute to national lampoon's christmas vacation (laughs) did you ever see that one no you have got if they put it up again this year you have got to go out there like as good as this one was for stranger thing that one in lincoln was that good for national lampoon's but it was again kind of on like an acreage type place right and so there weren't I mean, there weren't a ton of neighbors that were close to the street, but there are some other ones. I always wonder about that. If I like the ones that have their light display synced up to music, but yeah. no, but not just the music that blasts through a neighborhood because, I mean, sometimes that can get pretty rude. The ones that are synced up to a radio and, and they work with a radio station. There, I I drove by one this weekend that has a Halloween one that is synced up to nice. a to an FM signal. Like, I always wondered by that one that used to be by South Point. I think they moved, but the South Point, which reminds me, remind, give us a we got to get that Phillips Lincoln Lights guy on here again oh, this yeah. year, right? We had him on last year. That was fun. He was awesome. Um, but the one that had, like, the the animatronic tree that sang and stuff, and they had a live Santa Claus out there sometimes. I always wonder what the neighbors, I always wonder what the, if the neighbors were cool with that. I think I think they were. Um but Do you go through and ask permission before you put that up? Like, That's hey, a good question. Hey, I'm going to be doing this. Hey, I'm a, yeah, we're going to have some traffic through here. <laughs> uh, this is a sad story, but an interesting one. Since, Caleb, you know, we're both dog owners here. This one tugs at Your the dog was in studio Friday. My dog was in studio on Friday. That went about like I thought it would. <laughs> uh, no, the world's oldest dog has has passed away. How old? Uh, first of all, that, okay, I, I have don't have the benefit of not knowing. How old do you think the world's oldest dog was? Because I was way off. 34. Yeah, that's about where I would have guessed, too. No. Guinness World Records reveals Pebbles, the toy fox terrier who held the title for the oldest living dog, passed away five months from her 23rd birthday. The four-pound pup died peacefully of natural causes at her home in Taylor's, South Carolina, with her owners Bobby and Julie Gregory by her side. In a press release, the couple says the elderly dog, who was born in March of 2000, spent her days enjoying country music and being loved, adding she lived a long and happy life, mothering 32 puppies over the years, calling it an honor to have had her as a pet and a family member. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Doesn't that seem really low? I mean, that's depressing. Well, the majority of them are going, what, a dozen years? Is yeah, that but what you're looking at. So you would, uh, yeah, yes, but you would think that the world, like the world record, then would be somewhere up more like in the 30s. Well, I the world, the world record might be the, the, even the existing world record. What is the world? I mean, because like the world's livest old, oldest living person these days is always like in their what 120s. Yet you know, life expectancy is is more like the 80s for humans. That the that. 29 years, five months. Not not even, nobody, there's not even a dog that's ever gotten to 30. That's not what it's, yeah. That's crazy. And yet there are, yet there are turtles at the Lincoln's Children's Zoo that were born in like the 1600s. That's not actually true, but it's, it's hyperbole. Yeah, and that was in the uh, early 1900s. 
Bluey lived from 1910 to 1939. Like, I, my dog Buford lived, uh, he lived like 13 years, and he was, like, he was obese. <laughs> he ate everything in the world. Like, it's incredible now to think about it. He was only nine years away from being the world's oldest dog. <laughs> only nine. Nine's a long Nine-ish. way to go still, though. That yeah, oh, that's just depressing. Wait, what are these supposed that's to be depressing. in dog years though? Well, the, the there's like charts now that you can. It's a. It used to be you just multiply it by seven, but now there's like and more. Science told us there's that's more wrong. specific ways yeah. to do that, but I don't know. It's just it's just a little it's just a little sad that day comes. Yeah. Um. All right, we better take a break. Yeah. I was going to do weekend box office, yeah, but it's should. okay. Nobody watches any of those stupid movies that are out right now. 657, okay. it's Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 42 degrees in the capital city at 712. It's Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you back with us. Quick shout out. Thank you to everybody who came out to Piedmont Shops Oktoberfest. That was a on ball. Friday night. That, that was, was you. Sh- if you didn't go to that last year, you should go next year. Um, be uh, be thinking about it right now. Make sure, and when we have the date announced for that next year, you get it on the calendar. Now, it didn't hurt, Caleb, that we had literally perfect weather. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. It was it was great weather. But like I, just to give you guys an idea, I have a I have a shift that I work there, and by the way. It, it's not very hard to work. <laughs> no, we are putting We're, in the hours. I am man. putting in the hour, drinking German beers, <laughs> and and uh, do, I did the Steinholding competition where they have like the uh, like forty ounces, and a huge mug, and how yeah. long you can hold it up. I only got like two minutes on that. The best I saw in the night was six minutes. So apparently, I got to work on forearm strength, but it was a lot of fun. And I just want to say, I just had a, a bunch of people who. Who uh, came up, listened, uh, listened to us, and and talked throughout the night. So thank you for coming. But that's a great event. If you if you uh, if you haven't ever gone to it, make sure you do. I, I had a bunch of people come like, how long have you guys done this? How long has this been a thing? It's it's really fun. So make it next year. Um, all right, and we were uh, we were a day out already of the, the Nebraska football game then, and we haven't had a chance really on the show yet to even jump into this. But Nebraska beats Rutgers, uh-huh. wins two in a row. <laughs> Spends uh, 18, 16 hours uh, alone in first place of the uh, of the Big Ten until Purdue wins and ties Nebraska up. And yeah, I'm seeing was, some people call it fake first place. That's what Rick, Mickey Joseph called it. They're like, quoting Mickey I, Joseph. I, I know, but but still, it's a you're in you're in first. Like it doesn't right, right. it doesn't matter that you played on Friday. Yeah, um, or what your schedule is compared to anyone else. True, but nonetheless, nonetheless, it was. It was not any le- that aside. It was not any less just pleasant again to come out of a game like that where things definitely did not go perfectly. Nope. Uh, for the team as a whole, and the offense and defense have seemed to kind of trade roles on this team. At least on Friday night, where the defense was the dependable one, they were the one that you knew that came through. You just needed the offense to hold serve once uh, to to get the win. And Nebraska did it. And the peculiar thing about that game for me is it felt just like so many Nebraska games over the last several years. We've talked so much about one possession, close losses. 
all of the things that Nebraska did wrong or had go wrong in those games, in those string of close losses and all the close losses over the last few years, it felt like all of them happened to Rutgers. Yeah, or or were did. done by Rutgers one way or the other. It did. You had the the clock mismanagement on how to use the timeouts. Yes, you have the back breaking penalty on the sideline yep. to keep a drive alive. Yep. Multiple times, drives were kept alive because of Rutgers penalties, mm-hmm. a roughing the passer here, a defensive pass interference there, and it was just like, but how is this happening to those guys? We're so used to seeing it happen to the Nebraska teams, right? And Replay you, reviews not go your way. The you know it was just it was everything, and 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 some of it was earned, and some of it was luck. But it was just it was very refreshing to be on the other side of that. And I think there's something to be said, um, the, something to be said just to get over the mental hurdle of actually winning a game like that. Mm-hmm. There was for me as as a fan taking it in, and I get that not everyone. Um, who's a part of the program right now is necessarily necessarily experienced that that sort of history of these one lot one score losses, but I just think there's a big. I, I'm interested to see what this play this team plays like with momentum. Yeah, with momentum in the program because let's be honest, Caleb, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen that for. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time that you really felt you like like this this program had momentum just by winning? Well, the Scott Frost era never had three wins in a row, right? And in in, including non-conference, so, regardless. So bet, it, it, these are the first two non or these are the first two conference wins in a row since 2018. Okay, since they and were, you, they you were, talk yeah. about the mental hurdle in the first quarter, the very first quarter, you had the potential for a Nebraska football collapse. Yeah, when when you had touchdown right away, you have blocked punt. Like things look like it can all fall apart and have absolute implosion, and that's something we've seen from this this program before, especially over the last four years or so. Is if things go wrong early, there's no recovering from it. If it doesn't go wrong early, it'll go wrong late, and if it is does go wrong early, it's just going to stay wrong for the four four quarters. But they didn't let Rutgers pull away. Like you said, the defense kept them really in it. They're only down thirteen at half, and it really felt like they were down thirty. So then you go, oh, you only need like two drives in the second half from your offense, and they got two drives from their right. offense in the second right. half. Yeah, and you know, don't don't get it twisted at all. Uh, the The offensive line is is going to need to get better if Nebraska is going to keep winning yeah. games in the Big Ten somehow, or you're going to figure something out because it was it was definitely an issue once again here uh in this game against Rutgers but the offense was able to eke out just enough to get that win and the defense stood tall but boy i don't i'm i don't know what bill bush did exactly caleb <laughs> um and i don't think you've been facing the best offenses in the world but let's be honest you weren't facing the best offenses in the world in ireland uh or against georgia southern either right you 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 just weren't and 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 so I think you're you're facing offenses that are at least of of similar quality now, um, and and having completely different results for whatever reason here at this point, which is it's um, it's something whatever Bill Bush had had done. Now this week is a, a very different test. The Purdue offense comes in a lot more dynamic than than Rutgers mm-hmm. or Indiana is. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. You've got to get a pass rush because they're gonna throw the ball a lot. And now they've developed a pretty good run game a lot along with their passing game. I mean, Purdue, yes, they they do have 
a couple of losses on their schedule to Penn State, which they probably sh- you, know, you could argue they should have won. The, you, can, you can go back and question some game management in, in that one. And then that Syracuse game, which was insane. Uh, <laughs> that Penn State loss looks better and better every week. It does. And especially the, the way that it was. But I don't know. Other than Michigan, Caleb, I think you are hard-pressed. You are hard-pressed to say there is any game on the schedule now outside of Michigan, at Michigan, that is more of a challenge for this team than Purdue. And I don't think it's all that close. No, and I, I said this on Husker Hour on Saturday. As part of my recap from the game, I said five of your next six games look much more gettable than they did a month ago. So so you have opportunity in front of you. But when we looked at the schedule in the preseason, it was, oh, man, that gauntlet in November. When yeah. you get there and you've got Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, just that's going to be hard. Your toughest back-to-back games the rest of this season are the next two. Yeah. Purdue, Illinois is your toughest back to back. Yeah. The gauntlet is now. The, the, you got to get through October the now. The gauntlet is now. And the, the, the potential. And, and again, I think Nebraska, if the offense looks like it has the, it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle for Nebraska at Purdue. I, but I hope they, they get things turned around and look very different. And, and then I'll say this. If they do somehow come out of that game with a win, Coming into the bye week, and I hesitate to even say it because I don't want to jinx anything, but like they're legit in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West at that point if they win that game. With Illinois coming in, maybe setting, <laughs> maybe that being sort of like as as the biggest game left in the Big Ten West season. Your top three teams in the West, all at two and one, Nebraska, Purdue, right. Illinois. Illinois. Yes. The gauntlet has moved from November to October now. And luckily it's happening for Nebraska at a time when when they're playing better, but they're still it still doesn't feel like even it still doesn't feel like they're even hitting the potential of where they could be given given who they've got right now, given the obvious shortcomings. It's still I mean, it doesn't feel like either in that that Indiana or Rutgers game that they played as well as their ceiling is mm-hmm. for playing well, which they're going to have to do against Purdue. Oh, yes. They're going to have to be able to do that. The defense is going to have to continue to play at the level that they have for the last two weeks. That's still not going to – I'm just going to tell you, that's not going to net you one touchdown in the first two minutes of the game and no further the rest of the game. Purdue's a different animal uh, when it comes to what they can do, especially in the in the passing game. And and then you got to have the offense is going to have to put up some points. They're going to have to put up some significant points against Purdue's defense. So they're going to have to figure out exactly how you 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 know you scheme even in the midst of the offensive line difficulties that you've got right now. And 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 again, if they can, if they can somehow, my oh my, how this season has changed. All you ask for is a chance. Hey, just give us a chance. Just make sure there's a chance. There's an opportunity in front of this team that it didn't seem like there would be there coming back from Dublin. Yeah. That it didn't seem like would be there after Georgia Southern. That maybe even didn't seem like was possible post Oklahoma. Right. Where it was, you had a team that was reeling from what their week had been. Right. And you had a team in Oklahoma that had been playing well to that point in the season. And obviously, we know what the last few weeks have been for the Sooners. But to that point, Oklahoma played really well and Nebraska didn't. Right. Yeah. So your last couple of weeks of, of victories 
put an opportunity back on the table for Nebraska football. Yes. Purdue, uh, by the way, Purdue, I mean, very easily could be a ranked team. They're not there. Let's see, AP 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 30. They're 33 if you count the others receiving votes right now. Yeah. Um, and again, two heartbreaking close losses that were determined in the, the very final minutes against teams that are doing pretty well this year. Uh, Syracuse is now 18th in the nation, and Penn State is 10th. Probably underrated at ten. I would think. Yes. I think Michigan better be on upset alert here on they Saturday. Should. They should. With Penn State coming in the way that they're playing right now, so Nebraska's got what they want and embrace the spoiler role. I think embrace being the underdog. Not, embrace all of that. Embrace I don't think that no, Nebraska's not going to be favored in a single game the rest of the year. That you is, don't think Illinois coming into Lincoln, Wisconsin coming into Lincoln. <laughs> might be might be pick them, but maybe okay. Well, we'll see. If they beat Purdue, they will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they need to start to get <laughs> That's that. That's true. If they beat Purdue, they definitely will be. It'll be fun. Hey, listen, we've got games that matter that are interesting. Yes. Here in mid October, I don't think you could ask for much more than that, given how the season began. Seven twenty four. We'll take a break. Sports is next with Caleb on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, it is time to count them down. Let's find out what we're going to be talking about today. No further delay. Let's get it started with number five. We learned late last week that Senator Ben Sass planning to resign from the U.S. Senate. He's the sole uh, finalist for the position of president of the University of Florida, Gainesville. And Governor Pete Ricketts says if he chooses to pursue that appointment, he'll leave it up to the next governor and follow established process for all candidates. And uh, Ricketts, he's focused on the remainder of his term, but this really throws a, a big possibility into the political circles in the state. Well, okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at the timing on this... There's 45 days after he resigns where the the governor needs to name a replacement, okay? He's not resigned yet. In fact, he's just this morning in Gainesville. Yeah, he meeting, doesn't have the job meeting yet. People. He doesn't have the job yet. And he, from, from most of the reports I've seen, that might not come until next month. And it might be another 30 days after that until he resigns his post in the Senate. So here's the interesting question is how soon does he resign his post in the Senate? Because if it happens, I did, I did the math, so 45 days. Now, the new the new governor um, will take office, I believe, on January 3rd. So do the math and go backwards on that. Three days in January, 31 days in February makes 34, or excuse me, in December, make 34. That leaves you uh, 11 days in November. So the last 11 days in November gets you to November 19th. So around about November 19th. That's the magic date for him to have resigned or not from the Senate. If he would resign from the Senate after that date, there's a scenario where Pete Ricketts could leave it to the next governor, okay? Right. And the next governor could, in theory, if it were Jim Pillen, appoint, Rick. appoint Pete Ricketts. Right. If it, it, he's left open that possibility to choose it. To me, Mark, that that's still the most likely scenario in this whole thing by far of this. Um, I know there's been some other names that have been floated out there, but the only way that that would happen would be to me is if is if somehow this thing got expedited. But I wouldn't be surprised if 
the timing on this will be will be catered to to make that happen. Well, I mean, most likely. I yeah. mean, Sass can Sass waits until after November nineteenth. You know, I mean, if he doesn't get hired, he doesn't get hired until a month from now. Officially, they go through and do all the you know the regents' votes or whatever they need to do to yeah, approve got, it. It's another two step process. Yeah, so there's there's more. So I mean, it could easily take another month. You wait a couple of weeks to resign from the Senate, three weeks to resign from the Senate. You do it then there. You're within the 45-day window. One of Jim Pillen's first acts then could be, in theory, naming Pete Ricketts to that Senate spot. So I know a lot of the headlines made it sound like, oh, he's not going to name himself. And people might have thought that's not going to happen now. I would still be surprised if he doesn't end up with that seat. Now, the question you posed, Mark, is, well, but what if he has aspirations to do something more in the executive branch? In 2024, would that make him reluctant to do this? I suppose that's possible. I suppose. But the fact of the matter is, the term would be up in 2024. There'd be another election for that unexpired term in 2024. And so I I, I, I kind of doubt that you wouldn't take that opportunity if it was right there for you. Because I think it might it would help it would help you with that effort more than anything. It's as a, in go and I say executive branch, I mean as in being in a cabinet or a vice presidential posi- position for like a for like a DeSantis or or whoever twenty twenty four. I don't know that that would happen with Trump, but but with somebody else. So by the way, Florida in the uh, latest U.S. News World Report rankings twenty nine. Really, twenty nine nationally. All right, so. If you're looking at Some somewhere that those rankings are garbage, but still, it's interesting to try and because yes, I I will admit I had the reaction when SAS came out on Thursday and said I've had a lot of offers, but when F- University of Florida comes calling, now that that you got to listen well, to, and I, and I was like, really? Well, it is a, a highly regarded academic institution, and let's face it, Ben SAS is an academician or whatever you want to call it. If I guess I didn't, like, who else is in that neighborhood, Caleb? So, they're at 29. And again, by 20, way, these rankings aren't the end-all be-all, but it's the tool that we have right now. 24 is Michigan, 25, USC, uh, Virginia is up there. Okay. Those those I would have I, thought to be more prestigious. Just ahead of North Carolina, Wake Forest, okay. Tufts University. Okay. Um, UC Santa Barbara, UC Irvine, UC San Diego, Boston College. I don't know. It just struck me weird when he was like... It was like, you drop everything when Florida Gainesville calls you. Like, really? Man, maybe you do. Maybe maybe there's some some things happening there that I wasn't aware well, of. Well, there's no state income tax, so maybe it's, well, that's, maybe it's money. <laughs> Nebraska-Lincoln, by the way, 151. Okay. Really? Interesting. Boo. Uh, those, like I said, those rankings are garbage. Number four. It wasn't pretty, but... Wins a win. Huskers three and three, two and one in the Big Ten. They overcame a thirteen to nothing deficit at halftime. Ended up fourteen thirteen in Piscataway and uh, defensive coach for Rutgers. Offensive coach. Offensive, offensive. offensive coach. Their defense played pretty well. Yeah. Their offense offensive was coach. weird. Uh, the play calling was weird. Everything too. was weird about it. I, what is the deal with rotating in quarterbacks constantly? I mean. I mean, eat. if I'm Noah Vedro, I'm like, seriously? Like, guys, why was I not out there the whole time? Yeah. The, the Rutgers play calling should have been 
instead of all of a sudden a healthy dose, like you're up 13 nothing and a healthy dose of the pass game, it should have just been, all right, we're going to run, burn clock, and punt and play field position and just continue to not make mistakes. But Nebraska ended up with three interceptions, yeah. including the, the last one that set up uh, the, the 27-yard touchdown pass mm-hmm. to Trey Palmer, the second-to-last one, because the last one ended the game, Malcolm Hartsog there in the last few seconds of the game. So this defense went from losing its own defensive coordinator to costing offensive coordinators their job in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. What is happening, Caleb? What is happening with this season? And now Nebraska is on the, the precipice of, of of this game with Purdue that they'll be an underdog in, rightfully so. But if they can somehow pull it out on Saturday, the kind of euphoric weirdness that would set in here about the football season for two weeks leading up to a game with Illinois. Oh, by the way, a home game that could be against a ranked Illinois team, Caleb, for control of the Big Ten West. What is happening? You think Mickey? You think Mickey Mania is crazy right now, Caleb? Mark, yes. that scenario happens, and you've got two weeks to stew in a week in a win. This week, it's going to be off the charts, off the charts. You are. Trev's going to be getting some emails. Nebraska's two and one, so they're they're tied for the top of the Big Ten West division with Purdue and Illinois. The next two games. You have the opportunity in front of you to have the best start to conference play since 2016 when Nebraska started 4-0 in league play. Under Mike Riley. Yeah. It's a, a, let me say again, this is not me. I know Purdue gets Purdue gets worried that you think they're a, you know, they're a winnable game. Purdue is the favorite in this game. Nebraska would have to go in there and pull an upset. You look on paper, Purdue is the absolute favorite to win this game. They should win this game. But crazy things happen, and if they do, get ready, because this season is going to get to a level of fun it had no no business being at this year, <laughs> given where we were. Given where we were, that Oklahoma game, the week between the, the, the whole frost firing week, that seven days, between Georgia Southern to the end of that Oklahoma game, that wasn't a year ago. <laughs> There's a lot still going wrong and a lot that still needs fixed. Yes. But what we 100%. have on Monday, October 10th is hope and optimism and momentum and things that did not seem realistic a month yes. ago. Even to yes, absolutely. And, and and again, you would you would have to take care of business and pull an upset Saturday. Okay? No bones about it. Your offense has got to play way better. Your offensive line has got to play way better. The defense has to keep the level and probably up the level that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Purdue is a very, very good team. They should be a ranked team. They sh- they should be an unbeaten team. <laughs> yeah, both of those things. They should be bordering on the top ten right now, given the way that they lost their two games to Penn State and Syracuse. But like you said, Caleb, let's enjoy the fact that we're in this position right now on October 10th to even be able to talk about a a really fun scenario in a division race that Nebraska is not just speculatively in, but realistically in. Because they are, if they win on yeah. Saturday. Then then it gets, things get really real if you pull that thing off and go into a bye week. It's Nebraska, Nebraska controls its own destiny. Which is not something you could right. say in a number of past years. Yeah. <sighs> I just got myself fired up there. <laughs> Good. Number three. 
Uh, 10-11 and the Journal Star both have stories about uh, what could be another skyscraper downtown. Actually, two stories taller than uh, the, the one lead place. This would be 9 Lincoln Park. Uh, it's in front of the city planning committee development where the uh, gas station is there at 9th and P. Yeah. Uh, Melicar gas station been there 50 years. I was like how they put the score up on that gas station. Yeah. That's how and really they always have a, score a, a real uh, aggressive tailgate there. In the, yeah. The yeah. Parking lot. This real is... aggressive tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> That's an invite to a tailgate I want to go to. An aggressive tailgate. Well, they, you know, so do you guys have a pretty good tailgate? It's, it's a little aggressive. Well, they, See you there. They, they came across the street and offered to get us when we were parked and had most of P Street blocked waiting for Indiana. They were over offering us uh, goodies. Oh, really? Yeah. In the, I mean, bu- in the bus? Yeah, you mean. absolutely. <laughs> You're they, not allowed to do that, I'm assuming. Offering you goodies. What are we talking here? Like little ba- bags Food. of puppy chow? or Food. I got it. Beverages? Yeah. Uh, so this would be, if, if this gets okay, it'd be to 22 stories. So that puts it ahead of the lead place. Yeah, as it, the it second would, tallest yeah, man, what have, do you think? Uh, what do you think if you're the developer of the lead place? You're like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? This, we're, this we're, would, we're adding two floors now. This <laughs> would have retail on the bottom, uh, thirty-six thousand square feet of office space, floors two through five, seventy luxury apartment units, floors seven through fifteen, thirty-three condo units, floors sixteen through uh, twenty-one. And I believe I saw a pool and cabanas were going to be a part of it as well. I believe so. I read. Yep. Uh, of course, we all know Steve Glenn. He's one of the developers. He says there's nothing like this between Chicago and Denver. Gosh, sweet. A members-only uh, club on the roof. Well, I guess I'm putting my penthouse of the lead place on sale. Lead place was so 2021. This is the future. <laughs> I'm just kidding, lead place people. Calm down. I, lead I, place I'll is still... so 2008. So 3,000 and late. Yeah, you worked that out. Yeah. We can workshop that a little bit before you go on the air with it. I get it. Number two. No, you know what I'm talking about. No, I do, but it just wasn't good. Got to get that. <laughs> Members only. Well, I wonder if they're bringing back the jackets. That'd be nice. You know, Can I wear my a good good old smoking jacket? I so do have members my, only. Remember? Yeah, the members only jacket. If I, I'm definitely going to wear my News Channel Nebraska gold jacket around there when I hang out in my cabana. There, I wore my KLIN sweatshirt. Very good. Until October 17th, Lincoln residents can take a survey about electric vehicles in the city. There's actually six surveys that you can take. They're targeted towards specific groups. Uh, We've got all the details at KLIN.com. It's part of the Climate Smart Collaborative Lincoln Electric Vehicle Readiness Plan. Say that three times real fast and you're good. There's not an acronym for that, right? Uh, If there is, I don't know. (laughs) Oh well, I mean, there's only one survey question right now that I that I need, and that is, uh, I'm not getting one of these until the price comes down. That's, I mean, that, uh, and there are some people who are never going to get them. I don't necessarily have an anti bias toward them until I try it out and I either like or don't like it. Well, wait like, till our number one. What'd you say? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I added that. Oh yeah, yeah. That was. Why don't you just make that part of two? That's what I intended there. I didn't. Oh, okay. I meant to take well, the, you've been talking about getting a Rivian. Well, yes. Every Rivian vehicle is now been recalled. Oh man, does that mean the prices are going to go down? <laughs> that is a fastener connecting the vehicle's front upper control arm and steering knuckle may not be torqued enough. Okay, that's not stopping me. Hope that just knocks a little bit off the off the value. Yep. I don't. 
I don't have an in principle opposition to them. I know some people do, but I also I also don't know what the experience is I, like. I, I don't have an opposition to them, but the, it shouldn't be at the public's expense. And we're throwing a bunch of money, especially federal money, at these charging stations. Never had that to support the gasoline industry. Uh, you know, let let technology yes. bring itself the forward. The poor oil industry. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about the poor oil. The Stop poor, it. The poor oil industry. I, I just want to try one. Mark, I want to um, I want, give me one of these Rivians for two weeks. Let me try it. Let me see how the charging goes. Let me see if I'm running out of battery. Uh, let me see if there are problems. And then I'll come back with an opinion on it. I just don't have one right now. Well, it might be great. It might be it might be great. It might be I might say, eh, I'm gonna miss gas. I don't I don't know where I am on them right now. But I'm interested. I'm very interested. And I, well, and I won't lie, this pickup well, looks sweet. Well, take the survey. What it's is up. the point of the survey? What, what like legitimately what is the point of the survey? What well, am I what, what they're trying to find out is to see what the interests of are and what what the community Here, is gonna support. Here's my survey. I'm interested if they're cheaper. Let me try one. That's my survey. Well, it's gotta, I don't know what I want. It's got to be more than just they're, if they're cheaper because you still have to fuel them. Well, there look like there are spaces for them to be charged in a well, lot yeah, but of places. you got to pay for that. Wait, when I plug it, when, wait, wait, wait. You're saying when I go to one of those parking spaces that are at the front, I have to put money in to charge the oh, car? Yeah. Really? Is that true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to pay for elect- the electricity? Are you are you sure about that? Yes. How much? Depends on whether it's a slow charge, fast charge, or what type of charge. Really? Okay, well. I'm learning things already. That's why I need to have one so I can actually talk about it. It'd be a good experience. They want to get the they want to get the experience out there. Let's go. Let me let me have two weeks with one and we'll see. The so, internet says it'll cost you ten to thirty bucks charging charging up your car. Really? That's not free. Start with a scooter, will you? I thought the. I I legitimately didn't know that. No, you I mean I understand that electricity in principle isn't free, but. Right. All right. Make yep. it free. All right. Yeah. Number one. Second consecutive weekend road games for number three Nebraska volleyball. Swing through the state of Michigan, culminating a sweep of the Wolverines, 25-14, 26-24, and 25-19. Uh, Ho-hum. Just, yeah. roll, just rolling. Well, Don't have to be at home. I haven't been at home for like a month. Still just destroying everyone. And you didn't have Becca Alec yesterday, so you had to get Maggie Mendelson into the middle, bring Allie Batenhorst off of the pin, and move a little, move your lineup around a little bit. Still got it done. Hey, Friday night. Is going to be a little bit lit at Devaney. I Hosting, have a feeling. Currently number thirteen. We'll see what the rankings are when they come out today. But you're talking a borderline top ten matchup at the Bob Friday night. Penn State, who's been better than I think better than people thought this year. Going the, through the transition the after post Russ Rose uh, after Russ era. Rose. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a very tough ticket to get. All right, we'll take a break. That is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, it's me, man, it's me, man. 
Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, Nancy was our winner this week. We have a new week and a new question for you. It's going to be how many total points are scored combined between the two teams, like the uh, the Vegas over-under, basically. How many total points are picked uh, scored between the two teams, Nebraska and Purdue? If you want to make this pick, number two, all you need to do is text us in today's keyword, the second pick keyword, the Rick Stein Recognition Text Line, 402-479-1400 for your chance to win the Valentino's Alumni Hall $100 package. Keyword is? Wins. Wins, W-I-N-S. Yes, plural. W-I-N-S, wins. So there it is, your chance to win big. All right, it's a Monday morning and time to go to the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline and talk Tim Ruza, Nebraska News and Politics, as we are getting closer and closer to Election Day. And But hold on, but hold on, we have got a Senate seat to talk about that isn't even on the ballot as Ben Sass takes that alluring offer, potentially, potentially, not yet, he's meeting the students today, but when Florida Gainesville calls you, you don't just say, no, I'm in the Senate. You say, no, I'm coming for coffee on a Monday morning in October. Tim Haruza, good morning. How are you doing today? <laughs> Not only coming for coffee, but walking into the heart of a protest, apparently, already. Oh, really? Is uh, that true? That Florida campus. I haven't I been following the live blog. There's some, I don't know if it's a faculty or a student group of some sort that has some Twitter page that was trying to rally a bunch of people to come protest this morning so who knows he's you know walking from the national political spotlight into the academic world doesn't mean you're necessarily leaving politics behind true true and that's very true uh let me ask you this before we get into all the the ramifications and the calendars and the replacements and the laws and all that uh are were you were you surprised when you uh when you when you got this news on thursday when you heard about it i was so, uh, yes, I mean, I think it's um, odd, unexpected. I don't say odd, but that's not the word. Unexpected that he would leave midterm. Um, I have no doubt that the opportunity, I mean, if somebody would have told me seven years ago, eight years ago, whatever it's been since he was elected, that Sass will finish his time in the Senate by ending up in the academic world again, I was yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, that's that's kind of where that guy. That's where he where he comes from. You, you know, PhD, all that. It's the first time I've seen him referred to as Doctor Sass. Maybe on anything was in Florida's announcement, right? Um, but there's there's no question that the guy has an academic mind. That he's he's led an academic institution. You know, Midland is not a, not the University of Florida system, but uh, it's it's a it's a university, nonetheless. Um, he led that during a time when I think it was struggling and did did pretty good in terms of turning that campus around and putting it on a path towards success and kind of jumped into politics from there. Um, I no no question. Having read both of his books, no question that he's an academic and that that some of those those tendencies are going to lead him back to education in some way, whether it's there or. I always kind of thought like maybe a policy think tank or leading some of those policy thought uh, moving right. type institutions, something along that line. But this makes sense to me. I will say I, I'm surprised that he's leaving early and that he's not kind of waiting until the end of his second term. Um, maybe the opportunity is so great for him that, you know, it just makes sense to leave now. Maybe politics are that terrible. And I, uh, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. He doesn't want to be, 
don't begrudge anybody who doesn't want to be involved in politics right now on any level, whether it's national politics or like look at some of the local stuff that we got going on and how nasty and silly it gets. It'd be be real hard to want to dive into that head first. But um, I am surprised about the choice of Florida, Jack. Hey, <laughs> I mean, they, they, listen. leave for Harvard. Yeah, leave for Yale. Uh, leave for an Ivy League. Leave for a leave for the University of Nebraska job. Right. Uh, yeah. I Florida Gators. Are we serious? But uh, it must make sense. So, Caleb, what did you call them? The something of the peninsula? What was it? They're the Princeton of the peninsula. The Princeton. Of the peninsula. <laughs> Many people are calling them that. It's on T-shirts. Oh god. Uh, I like that. So. Now, now, Ricketts came out and said he's not going to appoint himself, which, by the way, historically has been a very bad idea for governors to do that, to appoint themselves, whether it's appointing yourself or or resigning and having your replacement appoint you. That's not gone super well for, for most people, and, and so he's not going to do that. But that certainly does not end the possibility or, in my opinion, the likelihood that he ends up in this seat. You agree with that? Oh, I don't think that. P. Ricketts is out of the discussion at all just by that statement. By I mean, yeah, it makes sense that politically you'd, you'd step back and let your successor do it. Um, if and they, you wouldn't point, you wouldn't necessarily appoint yourself. Um, I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth on whether he could and get away with it. I know that historically there's some questions about how that's perceived and what it means in the long run. I think voters have a very short memory these days, and I, I don't think that he'd necessarily, you know, get the blowback I, um, yeah. if he had appointed himself. Maybe you know, two years from now, when he's on the ballot and running for re-election. Um, but yeah, it makes perfect sense that you just leave it up to your successor. He's he's close to Jim Cullen. He endorsed him out the gate if he wants position i'm sure that you know um well whoever is successor no we have no idea who it could be anyone could be a write-in candidate for all we know that's true i'm sure that i'm sure that he'll have a a conversation with um the future governor about that i'm sure that sure it'll be a positive one if pete ricketts wants it i i think there's a really good case to make that he's going to get it um, there's a short list of other names that I've seen circulated. Some of those, some of them make good sense, and some of them are, you know, there's, you know, there's no way those people are going to jump to the United States Senate from where they're at right now. Uh, just because Ben Jacobs tweeted your name out, I wouldn't hold your breath. That, that's what I would say to those people. Uh, by the way, but the magic date is November. By my calculations, November twentieth, right? So if he has forty five, so if you can, if if the vacancy, if you've got forty five days days to fill the vacancy, if it comes after November twentieth, uh, then it will cross over into the uh, the next gubernatorial term, and then you could hypothetically. If you're Ricketts and you want it, you could wait wait your term out, leave it for the next governor, the next governor. I.e., Jim Pillen, uh, in that scenario, could appoint you. So that's the key date. One thing. That's a key date. What about, yeah. and that would be of SAS retiring or resigning. Right. Um, one thing that's always interesting me in this discussion, too, and I, I have not talked to anybody over the weekend about it, but it's kind of been on my mind. And um, the conversation about seniority in Congress always comes up with these sort of things, right? So oh. when, when Mike Flood was running part of the, the, the timing of that special election, um, for for the, that congressional seat matters because it establishes your seniority before the next class of people come in in terms of building time in the Senate and working your way up through their leadership ranks, right? So your status as 
sure. as having priority for leadership. I can't imagine, or I have to imagine that that's on some people's radar as they discuss what's happening in the Senate. I don't know the, the Senate rules as, you know, or whether that matters so much in terms of, um, or in comparison to the congressional rules, there's just more people there and stuff like that. But there might be some value in making sure that whomever comes in gets appointed before that new class is sworn in of folks that are elected this November, too. Um, again, speculating, I, I don't know for sure whether there's a huge advantage in the Senate in terms of building up that seniority and getting you know, committee leadership and yeah. chairships when your party's in power. But I imagine that that's being discussed, too, in terms of the timing of all of this. So, Tim, here I thought we would come into this um, this election cycle with the the midterms less than a month away now, and and it would be you know the the airwaves and the the chat at the coffee houses and the bars and the co ops would be about the house races and the gubernatorial race, and those would be it was going to be you know just uh, early twenty twenty two revisited after the GOP primary. Turns out. It's not that, at least locally. It's the county attorney's race, and it's the District 26 legislative race that are the uh, yeah. the quote-unquote sexy races right now, right? These are the two. Uh, these are the ones that you're getting texts about, I'm going to guess. Um, I did, you know, that's, I, there's a lot going on on the local level. Um, the county attorney's race is about as hot and heavy as I've seen with, like, anonymous posters being put up on game days in downtown Lincoln. And I, I've seen attack ads on TV, um, YouTube, uh, passed around on social media. There was a, a debate, I think, in the county attorney's race of some sort last week or a forum, I think is what it was called, but a debate nonetheless. Um, so you get snippets of those sort of things. Um, I did see Jack last night, you know, I got the old, uh, we have uh, YouTube TV for a temporary period, but I saw a, um, Patty Panzing Pelosi commercial last night. Uh, I did too. There's some hit, hits going on in yep. the congressional. I saw Jim Pillen ad last night during the football game. Pillen had an ad on during the football game. <laughs> so I, we're, we are right in the heart of it. What that legislative race and the controversy surrounding that are is, is sort of an incredible story. Yeah. I'm not sure what to make of it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what's happening. and For, for those who don't know, this is the Northeast Lincoln Race District 26, and there was uh, apparently a flyer that was uh, sent out uh, that was uh, anti-George George Dungan and, and talking about him going to a liberal school, which I think was American University, right? Is that right? And uh, Yeah, I, I think the tagline is the one of the most liberal colleges in the, in the United States yeah. or something, or in the country. Uh, and then they have this weird... <laughs> They have this weird black and white picture of a dude who, I don't know, is like in, in shorts with nothing else, riding a rocking horse. And, he is a and, long-haired, shirtless man. And then uh, another, the same a, dude like with a, his... A child, a child yeah. rocking horse. And then the, what yeah. looks like the same dude with his eyes closed, looking like Napoleon Dynamite in black and white. <laughs> Just it's so bizarre. And it turns out uh, those ones are not him. Is that is that correct? It's not. Yeah, it's not him. Uh, so, <laughs> so weird. This, I, it broke last week. There's a story on it. It was circulating. You know, you're getting some texts on this new this hit flyer. You find out it's not George Dungan. It's not the candidate anyway. Um, so then the, the campaign's kind of critical of it. Like they don't even know what he looks like. Fast forward, and you know, twelve hours, twenty four hours later, you find out it's it's one of his friends, and they pulled it from his Facebook page. So. 
It's a picture they got from his Facebook page, but it's not of him. <laughs> they circulated it anyway. They they took it. I, I feel like they took it down or pulled it at one point and put it back. <laughs> There's so another flyer I think that went out with that similar picture on it with some different words. Uh, it's kind of a weird controversy, controversy. And Jack, maybe what's most incredible about it is this is the second time this has happened in the last two election cycles. So you might remember was now it? Senator Jen Bay was running against former Senator Andrew Legrone. And there was some controversy over a picture of Jen Bay that was used on a postcard that wasn't of her. It was pulled from her social media, but it was a campaign volunteer. Oh, that's that right. Posted the picture up. That's right. And so then there was all this controversy over that. That's not even the candidate. Um, what, what it sort of comes down to is these campaigns are using negative ads to try to win, right? It it must be effective. It seems to change voters' minds. Now, but do, they, one thing they find though, a I, picture on social media, they find the worst picture they can, and they run with it. I want to point out his runners. his opponent Barger talk, told Chris Dunker for the Journal Star. He said the mailer was super tacky. He wasn't involved in his creation. Um, it was Nebraska Federation for Children. He said it's a tasteless mailer. I would never approve anything like that. So, yeah, this his opponent didn't even like groups. it. Yeah. It's one of those outside groups that pay for it. It's not it's not Russ Barger's campaign that, that, that took the hit. It's an outside group that paid for it. I think uh, uh, maybe a school choice group or something, a national school choice group that's spending some money in Nebraska this election. Cycle. Does riding a toy horse with your shirt off make you a woke liberal? <laughs> Serious question. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, I, honestly, you look at that, you look at the picture and they must have just said, oh, shirtless, long-haired guy on a, who doesn't, who isn't serious. He must be a hippie, a liberal hippie or something. Looks to me like a and cowboy. I mean, it's not a flattering picture of, it's of weird. a person running it's for office. It's bizarre. not one of those pictures you'd want of yourself out there if you were trying to... The other one, he just has a shirt off and he has his eyes closed. Again, he looks like Napoleon Dynamite in it. It's weird. It's... All right, Tim. Um, uh, Taylor's playing the music, so we have to end this even though I'm quite enjoying it. But uh, we'll talk again next week. Who knows what we'll have next week to My talk bad. about. There you go. Keeping that, us on track. That is your bad. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Have a good day. Uh, bye, Jack. Bye. <laughs> Say 25. Now Caleb can do sports, I guess. Next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. Plum. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. And by the way, just to, to update a report Caleb had there at sports, the, the Class A Girls Golf Tournament at Norfolk Country Club delayed 30 minutes due to frost. That's actual frost on the ground. That's not have it, That doesn't have anything to do with Scott Frost. I right? know he's got a lot of time on his hands. No, Maybe this some is, overnight this, no, golfing. No? Norfolk, that, no. I, I had lunch at that. I had dinner at that Norfolk Country Club once. And yeah. I had a law firm that was interested in me there in Norfolk. Turn him down. You know, I was going to say, which, which, which side pay me of enough, that broke it? Okay. Couldn't pay me enough as per usual. <laughs> uh, so I'm demanding a high price. Dirk Chatlin joins me. He's probably played golf at the Norfolk Country Club, I'm going to guess. Good morning, Dirk. As a uh, as a high school golfer in the old days, uh, I get very envious of the the fall the fall sports calendar because the girls get to play high school golf in the fall, uh, and you know anybody who knows fall golf knows that that's the best time to play. Whereas the boys have to play in the spring, and everybody knows that the spring is the worst time to play. So uh, the thought of of playing the state tournament under these conditions 
uh, makes me envious. Yeah. Well, that'll, that'll get that melted off. The sun will come out. It'll exactly. be 82. Yeah. It'll be nice we, there. We, we have discussed this before, but how do we just eliminate spring sports entirely? I mean, everybody hates it. The weather's awful. Can't we just move everything to the fall? Just sacrifice football entirely? Uh, I mean, we haven't been to a bowl game in six years. Can't we just say the heck with it? Dirk Chatlin's very disappointed that Warner Park isn't gearing up to host state baseball right now. Okay, that would that be amazing? No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't feel state track. Caleb, how would you feel about state track getting going right now? Be all right with that? Why not? Okay. Why? Yeah. Why not? I, I I'm fine. I think I'm fine with it as it is. I think I'm fine with it with it as it is. Listen, I'm just, you know, I just, uh, it's it's just very concerning because I know it's two weeks until East plays Gretna football-wise. And, and you know, if we could just divert attention from that and you're, I'm going to mute you that week. I, I'm just telling you now, I'm going to mute you. So I've if, already got the t-shirts made, Jack. So, uh, <laughs> you do. I bet you do. All uh, I have to do is pick them up. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Nebraska 14, Rutgers 13. Um, not... <laughs> I guess how much does just the fact that Nebraska won in this type of a game, even even that even though even if it was in in circumstances that might make it not an incredibly impressive win, even if it was incredibly imperfect, but uh, uh, does that like how much does that impact the value of the fact that they won that game in a game like that for you? Or are that you just a, a realist hey, about what this was? That was the longest rambling way to say, did that even matter? Yes. Uh, that's what you, I. You, to you, you did that even, did matter? that even matter? Yeah, I should get better with my questions. You know, it was such an interesting psychological experiment because, uh, as, you, as you might have realized over the last couple of years, Nebraska has lost a few of those games. And uh, to actually win one where they played terrible, where they shouldn't win the game, uh, was such a weird feeling afterwards, right? Yes. It was like, yes. It was like, what is what is this? A hundred percent. I think small picture, it was it was satisfying. It was fulfilling. It was you know momentum building, all that. Uh, big picture, it was. I might even say it was a setback, Jack, because uh, I think there was a little bit of hope, at least for me, that they were going to play better than they did against Indiana, and I think they played worse. Um, you know, certainly, <laughs> that was one of the all-time worst offensive line performances that I think I've ever seen in Nebraska, uh, which, you know, at this point is saying something. So uh, I just don't know how that is sustainable. I think they've got to play way better up front to have any chance, you know, against Purdue and Minnesota and the more physical teams of the Big Ten. So, uh, but... Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, this is a program that's that's trying to sort of uh, build habits all over again, and uh, from that standpoint, it was satisfying, but but not a very impressive performance. Can you imagine if I came up to you after the Georgia Southern game, after after that game was over, and after the frosting, I said, "Here's what's going to happen." Not even a month from now, here's what's going to happen: the Nebraska defense is going to be the reliable side of the ball, and you're going to need the offense to hold serve, you know, uh, maybe once or twice a game to get a win. Once we get into big play, you would have slapped me in the face, Dirk, if I had told you that after that. Yet that's legitimately where they were on Saturday. I thought you were going to say if I, if you came up to me a month ago and said uh, after 
after this game, Oklahoma and Nebraska will combine for three losses over the next three weeks. <laughs> and Oklahoma will have all three of them. Like, what? That's a, that's uh, a better one. That's a good one. Yeah, college football is a crazy game. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, you know, some of this is certainly the opponent, right? So Georgia Southern and Oklahoma could do things offensively that uh, that Indiana and Rutgers couldn't do. And I think so the defense was in a better position to make plays. But, but your point is sound. Like, it's been a true, uh, you know, a dramatic turnaround defensively. Um, I think, you know, some of it is, is just simplifying. Some of it's a fresh start with, with new faces and new, you know, a new message. Uh, I, I think Nebraska could win. You know, they could win three, four more games with this defense. You know, that's that's super encouraging. And we're talking about Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota, uh, even Illinois. Like, there's not a whole lot of uh, 1987 San Francisco 49ers left on this on this schedule, if no. you haven't noticed. And so I think Nebraska's defense should be able to hang, uh, but they've got to play better, you know, sort of complimentary football and getting a pub block, get, having Casey Thompson run for his life. Like, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if Casey can stay healthy another. That's concerning. Two, two weeks at that. That's pace, two weeks you know? where it looked like he wasn't coming back in the game, and he did. Two two weeks in a row. Uh, yeah, and it's happened. just. I mean, it's. <laughs> Nebraska's almost at the point where you just go mass, max protection and, mm-hmm. you know, have, have Trey Palmer run a post route every play and throw it up. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, even if there's a safety over the top, I feel like the percentages have been pretty good on that play uh, so far, so far this year. Yeah, that's, that's great. But, but, uh, okay, but Dirk, okay, but we got to do this thought exercise, okay? Allow me to, I, I admit, Nebraska is the underdog against Purdue. They should, by the way, Fans and the team should embrace that. I think you said it in your your podcast, uh, or or one of you guys did. You or Sam or Tom when you were talking about it. Embrace for once the idea of being the spoiler and the underdog here, because that's what they are on Saturday yep. going into Purdue. Okay, embrace that, love it. But just Dirk, let me paint this picture for you. Okay, <laughs> some things go right on Saturday night. Okay. Big special teams play, whatever the magic is that just gets him over the hump that has happened the last two weeks happens again. You get some fortuitous turnovers, and you walk in there and you somehow get a win. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine, Dirk, then they're going into a bye week with Illinois, a, a, a very possibly ranked Illinois team coming in two weeks later to Memorial Stadium for a game? Where you are legitimately, not hypothetically anymore, where you're legitimately talking about a game for control of the Big Ten West at that point. <laughs> like, that's, we are one win away from that insane scenario. And, uh, you know, again, Nebraska is an uphill battle, but the thought exercise is almost enough for me right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really enticing. You know, it's like uh, everybody, everybody around the West continues to kind of stumble and fall apart. And, if Nebraska can just hang in, right? Like, just keep your head above water. Even if you lose Saturday at Purdue, like, you've got two home games immediately after that. You know, Illinois, Minnesota, and granted, those are, those are tough physical teams, and Nebraska is, is, you know, gonna struggle with, with that type of opponent. Uh, but they're, they're home games, you know, they're, they're, uh, you're gonna have an emotional edge. Like, just, just find a way to keep your head above water, keep your best players healthy. Keep the momentum going. Uh, keep the positive vibes. Like 
this this has a chance to to stay interesting into the month of November. I don't know what it means for Mickey Joseph. I think he's probably got to win. You know, I think Nebraska's probably got to get to seven and five. You know, for for Mickey to to have a real so that's four more wins, right? A real chance. Yeah. But but you know, it's doable. Like it's seriously doable. And uh, you know, Lance Leipold got eliminated this weekend from the Nebraska coaching search. I mean, he lost, so <laughs> so he's out. Um, you know, by by the end of this thing, I mean, Mickey's going to have the longest winning streak out there. Wait, you're saying Mickey's got to win sixty six point seven percent of his remaining games? Ironic that that's currently his win percentage as the interim head coach. <laughs> Just keep up the current yeah. pace, and, and yeah, he gets there. it. Says Dirk. <laughs> well, I mean, this is you know again. Let's let's consider at Michigan a loss. Okay, I know we're going out on a limb, fair here, enough. But like for I mean, purposes, you're talking, yes, you're talking Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, right? Like, does what? Nebraska have? Does Nebraska have a good chance? I'm not, you know. Who knows what the number is, right? Of course, this, it's ridiculous to say that there's a certain number, like you know, like the major league thing, where you, you've got a, we're, we're pulling clothing items off of the owner or something like that. But uh, the the point is, you know, I think Mickey certainly got to get the stick, and and I think, you know, to make a real compelling case, I think they probably got to get the seven, uh, and and it's it's doable. Like there's these teams are not that good. I mean, even watching Illinois, you know, Illinois ranked. You know, Brett Bielema, well, geez, they beat Iowa 9-6, to right? <laughs> it's like, come on. So, uh, Yeah, he could, Mickey couldn't have drawn a better, you know, he really couldn't have drawn a better schedule to have to have this tryout, right? Oh, and Jack, and I know I don't have to tell you this, but can you imagine going to Black Friday at Iowa and, and Mickey Joseph finding a way to win that game in Kinnick Stadium and potentially the last, you know, hurrah uh. for, for the Ferentz family. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's almost—it's almost too much to even think about, right? If now, I right? get in one calendar year, uh, Brad Davison and Kirk Ferentz, <laughs> Kirk Ferentz uh, careers ended on a uh, on a Husker win. I'll forgive the last two decades <laughs> of both sports. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all out there. I mean, Nebraska is not playing good football. I think that should probably right. Be the we established that, Dirk. Let keep stay on the fun part. We agree. We established now the fun part. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they need to play good football. That's the thing. That's I don't even think whether they're playing good is relevant in this discussion right <laughs> now, Dirk. Keep that out of here, okay? That's for your analysts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just uh, you know, find a way to stay in it. Keep your quarterback healthy. Max it's, protection. Trey Palmer poster out every play. It's just, it's just I, I, again, I just to be able to talk about these scenarios that you that we both admit this is what we're talking about that would just be unbelievably euphorically weird here in Lincoln, coming out of with the combination of of having some 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 decent performances, some wins, and just and really frankly what the Big Ten West has become. Uh, what what it is this year? It's just become this weird brew of potential, like bizarre happiness here coming very soon. Well, and Jack, it would have all been over. I mean, I don't know what we would have been talking about this morning, but if they would have lost that game on Friday night, right. oh my gosh! Right. Like, right? You might as well have yeah. canceled the rest of this thing. I mean, so it just that was a big moment because, uh, you know, I think it just kind of kept this thing. It kept it on the track, right? Yeah. It gives them a chance. Uh, and I think, you know, you watch the celebration afterwards. Like, these guys just want a chance. 
right? right. Like they know they're not playing great. Right. They know they're not. A, they know they're not a good football team. Yep. Uh, they just they just want a chance to play relevant football in November, and I think they have it. Uh, yeah, and 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 Mickey's doing a good job of of. He's doing a good job. He's, it's it's fun to hear him talk afterwards. And he called it fake first place. That was hilarious. And so we are, you know, we're we're in this situation now. And I, and I'm just going to take every day of hope that I have. I'm going to take it because it's one more day than I used to have. Uh, Dirk, good to talk to you. I know you got to run a little bit early today, so we will uh, talk next week and get ready to get weird next Monday if they win. Okay, sounds great. You, we're going to have the weirdest time. I'm going to be speculating like crazy on good scenarios. So just Jack, be ready. Nobody goes in. Nobody goes into Purdue and wins as a two-touchdown underdog. It's just, it's never happened before. I don't think Nebraska, I don't know how they have a chance in this game. By the way, the line's moved to like nine, so you don't have to worry oh, about that well, anymore. We're going to stand by the two touchdowns. Okay, sounds good. Hey, have a good one, Dirk. Talk to you later. Okay. There's Dirk Jalen, Omaha World Herald. Oh, Caleb, please, somehow, Saturday night. There's a chance. Somehow. There's a chance. And give us such a great two weeks, at least, at least, that gets you at least a euphoric two weeks of life as a Nebraska football fan, and maybe a bunch more. But at least, and you didn't think you were going to get it. It's all playing with house money now. You're looking at the Big Ten West standings. At least a share. At least things are going. Things are coming together outside of the program. Okay. Inside. Let's do it. Yes. 852, I'm going to have to calm down. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 856 as we wrap up the show. Real quick, I got a note from Chris Lofgren. Uh, this is about 20 minutes ago. He gave me this Highway 2 and South 20th rollover accident. Highway 2 closed at 20th for the time being. Again, that was that was probably 20, 25 minutes ago. Uh, just able to get this on the air right now. So if you're in that area, um, you're going to want to choose an alternate route, and that could be a little dicey right now. So uh, if you want to send us a text updating on that, if you've been in that area, go ahead and uh, do that. We would appreciate that. Um, so Fantasy Oscars this week, we're going to get back to it uh, again tomorrow. Picks mm-hmm. again uh, up up for grabs at 635 and 810. Listen for those keywords. Uh, another week, chance to win $50 to Valentino's and Alumni Hall for your enjoyment. This week, we are asking the question, how many total points are scored between Nebraska and Purdue? Just add add the score together. The same thing as uh, would be the Vegas over-under number. And uh, Caleb, you and I made our picks early. I was in the 50s. You were in the 60s, right? No, you said 62. Oh, I said 62. I said 67. 60, 62 and 67. Okay, what uh, What are the other What are the other picks? So Craig was our first qualifier from earlier this morning. He says 52. Okay. Harry the Antenna Guy says 47. Everybody's lower than us right now. I know. I know. Who's wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Probably us. Interesting. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, it is a Tuesday. So in addition to those two opportunities to get a fantasy Huskers pick, we are also going to be hearing from Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. No shortage of things to talk to Joe about as we get closer to the midterm. And, of course, uh, more on the Ben Sass story as he's in Gainesville today. Uh, meeting students, meeting other administrators, um, potentially uh, in route to he, he officially being offered the job at the University of Florida. So we'll talk to Joe Jordan about that whole situation. Uh, also going to talk to Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. 
tomorrow, and we'll also uh, schedule to have John Baylor on. We didn't we didn't get a chance to talk a ton of, of volleyball today, Caleb. And I'm going to see if the new AVCA poll is out yet. It wasn't early. Probably no, not. still not yet. It's a little bit later today, but uh, Nebraska likely uh, will uh, will stay at number three. What'll be interesting is to see what happens with Penn State. Um, and, and where they move, are they going to be a top 10 team as they come into Lincoln on Friday? But as it stood last week, you still had Nebraska at three, Purdue at five, Ohio State at six, Wisconsin at seven, Minnesota 11, Penn State at 13. And Wisconsin just gave Purdue their first conference loss of the year. So, so they'll so, bump down a little bit, probably stay in that. So that still, stretch of five, six, seven is probably going to see some shuffle. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, talk volleyball. With John Baylor as well. We'll have your morning drive. We'll count down the five things that you're talking about. You know, all the stuff that we always do on the show. So should be a good time there. Big thanks again to everybody who came out to Piedmont Shops, Oktoberfest. Uh, thanks to everybody who made that a great event um, and uh, had a blast there. I'm telling you what, next year, next year when you hear us start talking about it, get it on your calendar. I had so many people say, hey, I didn't even, I didn't even know about this thing. It was, it was great. Had a great turnout. Weather was good. We watched football. Uh, drank some German beer. It was a good time. It was time. fantastic. I enjoyed every minute yeah. of it. All right, that's it for the show. We're at 44 degrees. Uh, we look at a high in the low 80s still today, so a long ways to go here. One more day in the 80s before we start to cool off on Wednesday. It's 9 o'clock. KLI, I'm Lincoln.